Communication is what Christmas is all about. Somehow you ended up in church and uh, someone spoke and someone witnessed, like this scripture says, in that day you will say, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations, make known. Uh, we've been in a series for the last six, seven weeks about being this, uh, uh, anointed, but why was the Holy Spirit given at the day of Pentecost was because of this. Probably the main reason that Jesus says that the Word of God says that the Holy Spirit was given was to be a witness. Not to speak in tongues, not to lay hands on the sick even, not to live a good life, but the main reason the Holy Spirit was given was to communicate and to evangelize, but to be a witness and to have a testimony of who God is. Once the world shuts your testimony down, shuts your witness down, I walked into a shop um, somewhere and uh, I've known this man. I got, get product. I buy product from him. And he's a good guy. He's running a business. He's nearly ready to take it over from his father. And uh, he's got a customer. The customer goes, but he's doing the work that's needed, that I need. And um, hands me the product. No one's here now. It's just me and him. And he says, how do you know God's real? Oh, wow. Straight like that. Whew, lucky I was sort of half prepared. He says, I have, a, then backs it up. I have a lot of people come into my shop. They believe in a lot of stuff. They have their own opinions. Why is your opinion different? He's being nice. He's not having a, he's not being ugly about it. He's just questioning why do we think we've got something that is genuine, real, worth plowing our money into, our time, our efforts, and why are you, because he knows what we've done here. How do you know God's real? And why is it different than anyone else's stuff? And he rattled off maybe the Mormons, the Jehovah's and stuff and other groups. Well, I know this to be true. Uh, how do I know God is real? Uh, because I've experienced him. <laughs> I've experienced him. And most of the people that I know have experienced God. I didn't give him some theological bent, some cute thing. I just honestly, and it came, just responded like that because I have experienced him. My wife experienced Jesus in a Singapore five-star hotel in 1981 when God was reaching out to her. Supernaturally, she saw Jesus. It's an amazing testimony. And then I started to share other people's testimonies. Testimony is powerful. See, I didn't come out with arguments. Testimony. The testimony overcomes. The blood of Christ and our testimony overcomes the enemy. Revelations chapter 12. And so you've got to have a short, sweet testimony with your friends and family. Don't try and give them too much, especially family members. They're not interested in how smart you are in theology and they just want to know if you are going to church if you believe in God help me tell me where have you where have you encountered him where have you felt him where have you experienced him that's basically what they're saying can God because people are realizing that that you can experience all the supernatural have you experienced God supernaturally that's what they're asking yes I have and for 
with this particular man for 10 minutes. We had a great discussion about what it means to be a believer as opposed to not believing. And phone rang and our time had run out. Grace had lifted and it was great. I walked out and I thought, praise God. I love this stuff because God is working everywhere you go. In every shop you find yourself in, in every family gathering you find yourself in, at every stoplight you find yourself in, God is working all around you, including pubs, pubs, including, uh, we've got a young guy here that works for Star City. And he tells me a lot of stories how God is figuring in those people's lives. God is wanting to communicate. And listen, if the shepherds had kept it a secret, if the wise men had kept it a secret, if the apostles had kept it a secret, if the disciples had kept it a secret, if our fathers of faith had kept it a secret of their God, where would we be right now? And so it's about witnessing. It's about communicating. It's about just like what that scripture said, in that day you will say, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Make known among the nations. How? Witness. Declare it. Pray it. Praise it. Shout it. Not in some weird, wacky way, but just... God is good. Thank God. You nearly had an accident. Praise God. Many ways to reframe. In counseling, they talk about reframing. And you can hear a story, but then reframe it and say, wow, that could have been God. That could have been an intervention of God. Some Christ, uh, some, for some Christians and many people uh, believe that Christmas is what? That means Santa Claus. Trees and presents, visiting relatives, eating delicious food. Communicating, friends, cards, letters. Uh, for some, it's a time of escaping the reality of life. Uh, you might know some people like this. Uh, they go more so into the alcohol, the drugs. Like never before, they purchase those things to hide away from the dilemma of being lonely. And that's unfortunate, isn't it? But to some Christians, it means communicating and using the opportunity to, to be a blessing, and that's fantastic. Christmas really means communication from God to, to earth. God communicated through the angels and through His Son. He continues to communicate His love to the world through the church. Is that right? And get this, a lot of people have not heard enough of the gospel for them to come to a decision. At least 1.5 billion people still need to hear the gospel. 1.5 million people still need to hear the gospel. They don't know or feel the results of Jesus coming to this earth. They don't know or experience, they do not have an understanding of, of I guess, the result of Jesus coming 2,000 years ago. They do not have the hope we have in Jesus coming, although they give out Christmas cards with faith, hope, love, good cheer, greetings. But really, they're still very, even Aussies, good Aussies, are still very vague of who God is, who Jesus is, and certainly about the church, which is probably my main evangelism uh, topic, what the church is, all the, all the, 
I mean the construction workers that visit this place and the people that I meet that say church, they look at me, they say, boy, I couldn't imagine you belonging to the church. Why, why, why would a guy like you subscribe to the church? In fact, help run the church as a minister. Help me. Why do you do that? I can't see you doing that, being a custodian of a religious ceremonial church. No, you have, you've got it wrong. You got it wrong. We're, 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 we're optimizing people's life in faith, hope, and love. And the last 10 Australian Idol finalists last year, five of them were from churches like ours, teaching them how to sing and present themselves, how to live a life that is most excellent and presentable and how to achieve their destiny and purpose. This is what the church does, optimizes people's love or, or life in in a, in a future and a hope of what God purposed them for. Isn't that right? If that's not happening, something's wrong. So just put this up, and this is something for you to... This is how people end up in church. 1% come because they have been visited by a church member. Only 1% of people come to church because, for example, Christmas or Easter, wedding. Oh, 2% come because of the church program, like on Friday night. For example, Christmas or Easter, weddings or funerals, 2% end up in the church or come to church because of that. Like Friday night, we had a great 3% come because of a special need, often because of bereavement. People do come to the church, they have a need, they're desperate and they need help. 4% come because of children's work. That could be anything. Uh, 6, 6% come because they have seen some publicity. That means marketing, Maybe the web page. Who's here today? Just hold that. Who's here today because of the web page? The web page. Did you find us on the web page? Yeah. Um, maybe a leaflet. You found us on the web page, Margaret. That's great. We get up to 30,000 hits a month on our web page, even overseas. People in Italy. People in America, but people in England, Europe, and 6% come because of that. And next... 8% come because of some personal contact with a minister, other church staff, perhaps through uh, hospital visit visitation, marriage, preparation or pastoral help. Yeah, people can come through that. And next, 77% come because they were invited by friends or relatives. 77% come to church because they were invited by you and I, by the people of God. You see that? 77%. That is amazing. That is amazing. And so you can see now why we've been preaching about being bold, being a witness, testifying, having confidence. And people won't bring people to church if they have no confidence that their needs can be met. But people are coming to this house, and, and tonight we'll see a lot of visitors coming even from other churches that want their needs met. And for a long time, we didn't operate the altar in the tent for five years. We're in the tent for five years. We didn't have a lot of altar call time. But we're finding there's a lot of people out there that are dry, that are even from good churches, that are dry because Billy Graham's wife said this only some years ago that I know this to be true. You must be filled of the Spirit daily. So you don't get filled once and then run out of gas halfway down the road of life. And she says, you must be filled daily. 
And what one of the things that a Spirit-filled church do is believe that we can be filled, our vessel can be filled of the Spirit. So hands being laid on you, being filled of the Spirit, is about you being optimized and defined, but healthy and strong in God. Is that, go- is that good? And that's what this Spirit-filled church is about. So people are coming here to be filled of the Spirit. But hang on, people are coming here because we have faith that they can be relieved of their disease, of their generational curses, their sicknesses. People are coming because we have faith that their needs can be met through an almighty God. And I love that. Here is some desirable personal qualities that you need to have on as you go out amongst your friends and family. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, to God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have had against each other. Forgive as the Lord forgave you over all these virtues, but put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Australia is looking for that sort of deal, I think, in the born-again believers. Do you believe that? They're looking for you not to... Not to bombastically, that's not a great word for the young generation, but not to aggressively, but to kindly, with humility, say salvation is the reason for the season. Isaiah 12, 2 says, surely God is my salvation. And this is exactly the challenge for Australia that lives in such a great land, such a great place. We're absolutely comfortable. We're absolutely blessed in so many ways. And why would... I need a lot of people I was speaking to yesterday from the North Shore. One guy said, I've got two houses. Another guy says, I've got three. Wow. And when I broached the subject about God, there's not a real sense that I need to acknowledge this at this moment in life. Isaiah 12, 2 says, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength. And what happens for a person when they begin to acknowledge God? They say, well, my two houses mightn't be my strength. My economy and my health even and my retirement plan and my good looks and and my career, that might not be my strength at the end of the day. And what a believer does is says, actually... I need to acknowledge God as my strength. God is the strength of my salvation. And when you do that, and when we see that happening more and more in this great land, you can see how hard it is for Australia to do this, can't you? Africans in a third world country, they get saved. They got nothing. But you're telling me to get saved out of my nice house, my nice marriage, my nice economy, my nice comfortable life. You're saying for me to risk all that and put my strength in God? Come on. But guess what? It happens. And it's happening all the time because Aussies know that something has come adrift. Aussies realize the rug has been pulled out. The great lucky country is not the lucky country anymore. Bombs in Bali, Aussies hurt, towers falling, the shockwaves of that ebbing on the shore of this great land. Israel in its struggle, its ripple effect coming back, 
straight back to the Aussie Barbie where the guy with the tinny who just loved life was a great worked provided for his family is starting to realize in the back of his mind but in his heart of hearts my strength is depleting from being secured in a great land even in Australia and we're going to see more and more in 09 surely God is my salvation I will trust and not be afraid the Lord, the Lord God is my strength and my salvation what do people need to be helped for lastly, what do they need to be saved for, maybe some of these things because I'm seeing this more and more in our society, our nation our community, our friends and family they need salvation for this reason they need to be saved from ignorance they need to be saved from fear how many people do you know live in fear how many people do you know live in fear of their money being wiped out, their business being wiped out? I met some yesterday. How many people do you know that need to be relieved and to be saved from their anxiety? How many people do you know that are stressed out with anxiousness and stressed out with, 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 with stress? Meaning that stress is a feeling of feeling that you're out of control. More and more. I was on the bush walk and a lady walked by me. I said, she's stressed to the max. She's on medication. She's stressed. She needs to be saved. Saved from anger and hate. How many people do you see out? How many, did anyone see anyone this week just lose it? Lose it to their wife, their kids? Did anyone see any of that? You're going to see some of that this Christmas because there comes a pressure on the man to provide to put everything in a cute fashion, to make Christmas so great. And men, I've seen men down at Westfield slamming doors, ripping babies out of cars because they can't meet the need of an all-pervasive festive season where they're supposed to be able to have money to provide and to bless. Men getting frustrated and angry. They need to be saved. Rashness and harshness. Course. Greed, course. Arrogance and pride, course. Even Australia. Wickedness and ungodliness, course. Selfishness, hard heartedness, but also sickness too. More and more people need this type of salvation. Isaiah 12 2 says, And the prophet declared, Behold, God is my salvation. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Therefore, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us be the light. Let us be the light. Let us be the salt. Let us have a countenance of glory. Let us be a witness. Let us be a testimony. Let's all stand. God bless you. Even now, I believe God is praying for us. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, that's you and I, the glorious riches of his mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you have received Jesus, you have the hope of glory within you. You are the light of the world, the salt of the earth, the city set on a hill. If you do not live for him, then the earth has lost its light and heaven has lost its hope. Live for him and in him and through him. I say, live for him and in him and through him. And if you do, you will be the light of the world.
this season as we feel Christmas pouring down, as we see Christmas flowing down, the peace, the joy, the love of God, as we feel that pouring down this Christmas, why don't you receive it? Let it pour into your cup. Let it pour into your heart. Receive it into your heart and let it flow out of you. Let the love of God begin to flow. Be bold in your witness. Measured statements of faith, hope, and love. Have a countenance of glory. People know you're saved. Your friends and family know you're saved. They want to see the manifested, tangible expression of an almighty God that lives in you. They need to see it. They don't need arguments. They don't need theological dialogue. They need you with your glory shining, your light on someone's home. Father, as these people, precious people, stand before you, I pray the Holy Spirit, even right now, come upon them and anoint them. Lord, you've said in your word that Christ is in us, the hope of glory. Christ living in us, the Holy Spirit living in us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance to see this great nation saved, to see your neighbors, your friends, your family, to see your people around your life who you are an influence to. Let's believe that boldness, that the anointing, that the Spirit of God will come upon your heart, will come upon your life, turn you inside and out to reveal the love of God. If you're shy, if you're ashamed of Jesus, I break that shame off your life right now. For the gospel is the power unto salvation. And I am not ashamed of the gospel of his name. Just say that. I am not ashamed of the gospel of his name. Lord Jesus, I believe it's the power unto salvation. I want to say this, that I've got a a vision for next year that everyone in the church will have a goal, will have a vision to see at least one person saved. I want you to believe, and if they get saved on the altar, great. If they get saved in another church, great. But I want you to believe for at least one, but some of you will even have two or three. And we're going to believe we're nearly 200 souls in this church for this year. We're nearly 200 souls in this church alone of salvations for this year alone. But I want you for 09 to believe that we're going to break that barrier. We're going to go up to 250, even 300. I think, who believes we could even go to 300? If we had 200 saved this year, do you believe we could go to 300 with faith in your heart? Do you believe that? And I want you to believe individually, individually for one, two, or even three people, but at least one. But as I say that, with your eyes closed, I want to say this to you. If you're not quite sure of your salvation, if you're not quite sure if you were to die tonight, where you would go. If you're not sure if you've made peace with God. If you're not sure if you're connected to God. Maybe you were saved and your heart's grown cold, dim. The enemy's been lying to you and saying to you even, you're not saved. You don't deserve to be saved. But there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And all over the world, invitations like this go out for people to acknowledge God, to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. If that's for you this morning, we want to pray for you. We want to pray for anyone who's just even doubtful of their salvation. You've got to make absolutely sure you're here by no chance. You're here by a divine appointment from God. 
Somehow you got here. Somehow you're under the inspiration of my voice, under the inspiration of the word of God. And I'm throwing out an invitation right now for your soul to be acquainted, to acknowledge God and to be filled of the hope of glory. And all you have to do is acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. Confess with your mouth. It's as simple as that. The Bible says if you confess Jesus as Lord, you will be saved. You will be saved. And Jesus will relieve you of all sin. And you will be made righteous. And you'll be able to walk this earth in the presence of God. You'll be able to take Jesus wherever you go. You're not joining a church. You're not joining a religion. This is all about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's all about you and your spirit becoming connected, well acquainted. So Father, in this house, there's people that just simply need that assurance in their heart. If that's you, if you feel you need that assurance in your heart, I'd just like to see any hands in the house right now. As you slip your hand up right now in the house from the front row to the back to the sides, if there's anyone in the house that needs salvation, that just needs to acknowledge Jesus as Lord of their life, don't let this moment go. Don't let it just just dissipate. Take a hold of it. There's faith right now. Faith right now. There's another thing I want to pray for. And this is for people who have needs in their life. Maybe you have a sickness, you have a situation, but you need healing right now. When I let the church go, I'm going to ask you to come to the altar and we're going to believe that God meets your needs on the altar. I'm going to ask for the pulpit to be taken sideways. If you have a need you want to pray for before you go, we want to pray for you. If you need salvation, we want to pray for you. If that's your friend, bring them down the front. If they're a bit shy and they need to be brought down, just bring them down the front. This is easy peasy stuff. It's about faith, meeting with your faith, and God working a miracle in your life. If that's you, praise God.